heart of heaven will be waking from sleep with no tears and no pain for eternity singing Alleluia. blessed are those who come and dine with the lamb at the wedding feast promises to deliver me. sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. As the weeks went by and Moses failed to return from his communion with the Lord upon Mount Sinai, many of the Israelites forgot their promises of faith and devotion. Yeah. 
you gathered outside my tent? We wish to know why it is that Moses is not here. Yeah. It's been many weeks since he went up into the mount. Now, now, you must be patient. Moses has not failed as yet, and he will continue to lead us safely to the land of Canaan. But it's been so long. I think he's lost or dead. Do not lose faith. The Lord our God will look after us. We believe that he has forgotten us. Yes. He hasn't shown us any signs for a long time, and he's disappeared. I think it was a big trick. Yeah. Moses just tried to fool us. Yeah. No, no, no. Wait. Listen to me, people of Israel. We've listened long enough. Make us a God, Aaron. A God we can see and touch. A God we can really believe in. Now, what are you saying? Make us a God that we can worship. One that will be with us wherever we go. A real statue, an idol. I can't do that. You can if you want to live. Yes. Yes, make us a God or, or we'll kill you. All right. All right. Bring me a lot of gold. The golden earrings of your wives, sons, and daughters. Bring it all to me, and I'll make you an idol. And when the people brought the golden earrings to Aaron, he melted them and made them into a golden calf and fashioned it with a graving tool. And the people said, This is our God, O Israel, which brought us up out of the land of Egypt. And Aaron built an altar before it and proclaimed, Tomorrow let us hold a feast unto this God. Rising early the next day, the people offered burnt offerings and peace offerings to the golden calf. And they sat down to eat and to drink, and afterwards rose up to play. Meanwhile, upon Mount Sinai, the angel of the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy people which thou hast brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which he commanded them. They have made a golden calf and have worshipped and sacrificed unto it. God has seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Angel, why doth God's wrath wax hot against his people, which he hath brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Shall the Egyptians say that for mischief God hath brought them out of Egypt to slay them in the mountains? I pray God to turn from his fierce wrath and to remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, his servants to whom God said, I will multiply your people as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your children, and they shall inherit it forever. And Moses went down to rejoin Joshua, who had waited for him at the foot of the mount. Ah, oh, Moses, you've returned at last. You were gone so long, I'd almost given you up as lost. The Lord had many things to tell me. What is that you're carrying? These are two tables of stone. Behold, the Lord has written on them. They are his commandments. The work of the Lord our God. Written in his own hand with his own finger. As Moses and Joshua drew near the camp, they heard a strange noise. 
Hey, listen. Those shouts. There's noise of war in the camp. No, listen more closely. It is the sound of dancing and merrymaking. Come, let us discover the cause. As soon as Moses came into the camp of the Israelites, he saw the golden calf and the dancing, and his anger grew violent. He cast the stone tables out of his hands, and they broke into a thousand pieces, after which he took the golden calf, burned it in the fire, ground it into powder, and cast the powder into the water. And in his great anger, he ordered the children of Israel to drink the water, so that the golden idol was utterly destroyed. Then he stormed into Aaron's tent. Aaron, the people tell me it was you who fashioned this golden calf, this sinful idol. Is this true? I am not to blame. You made this golden calf, didn't you? If you are not to blame, then who is? Now, now, don't be angry, Moses. It is the fault of the people. You know how they are, full of disbelief. And, and you? Uh... Are you also full of disbelief? Oh, no. Then why did you mold this sinful statue? I had no choice. The people threatened to kill me if I would not make them a god to worship. Oh, Moses, don't look at me so. I had to obey the people. I cannot serve the Lord if I am dead. Aaron, we serve the Lord in many ways. Is your love of God as weak as that? Oh, no, no. Oh, I am sorry, Moses. I don't know what came over me. Will the Lord forgive me? I don't know, but I can tell you this. The Lord our God is full of kindness and understanding. May God forgive me and grant that I may never fail him so again. And Moses left Aaron's tent, still full of anger and determined to find and punish those who had been responsible for persuading so many of the people to worship the golden calf. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0211. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. I get enough vitamin D. Vitamin D? We're at a swimming pool, not a drugstore. I know that. But do you see that big thing up there in the sky? 
You mean the hawk? <laughs> no, the big bright thing there above the trees. Nothing up there but the sun. Exactly. So what's the sun got to do with vitamin D? Everything. When the sunshine hits my skin, my body takes those beautiful rays and turns them into vitamin D. And that's a good thing? Absolutely. Vitamin D helps my body fight disease and reduces the pain of sore muscles and stiff joints. You sound like a TV advertisement. Well, somebody needs to advertise a good thing about sunlight. Most people are afraid of it. They smear sunblock all over their bodies, stay indoors, and treat sunshine like it was poison. Hey, I don't want to burn. Scientists say we need to all enjoy up to 30 minutes of direct sunlight each and every day. That will safely provide us with all the vitamin D we need to give our skin a nice, healthy glow. But what about in the winter when this pool's an ice skating rink? Then you go to the drugstore and buy some vitamin D pills. But the best way to stay healthy is to sit in the summer sun. Well, then count me in. I'm going to plop down right here beside you and work on my healthy glow. Are you happy now? Well, not really. Why? You're blocking my sun. Oh, sorry. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story is Chapter 10, Treasure. Let's look around, Chris said, trying to figure out a way to stay with his friends and still find the treasure. Maybe we can find some kind of trail that goes up or around. Forget it, Chris, Ryan said. There's no trail around here. Have you thought of praying about it? A voice asked inside Chris. It almost sounded like his mother. Hold it, guys, Chris said suddenly. Let's pray. He felt a little embarrassed to suggest it, but he was surprised by the response. Yeah, right, Sammy said. Good idea, Jenny said. Now we're thinking like a team, Willie said. Ryan didn't say anything. Dear Jesus, Chris said, we've been looking at this selfishly, but now I think you really want us to find this treasure. Help us, Jesus. Help us to think like the friends that we are, together. Amen. Ryan barely waited until their eyes were open. I'm going up the cliff. Are you coming, Chris? With everyone's eyes on him, Chris finally had to decide. Slowly, he shook his head. My friends are more important than the treasure, Ryan. I'm staying with them. Being first isn't the most important thing in the world. Forget it, then, Ryan said. I'm not waiting around for you, wimps. He waded across the shallow water to the base of the rock wall and started climbing. Chris closed his eyes and sat down on a big flat rock near the water's edge. Maria stomped her foot. I don't care what Ryan thinks. I'm going to get an adult before he gets hurt. When she left, Willie and Sammy went farther up the river looking for trails. Jenny kept trying to talk Ryan into coming back. Dee Dee plopped down beside Chris. I know that was hard, she said. Thanks for sticking with us. Chris smiled. That baptismal class starts next Wednesday, doesn't it? When Dee Dee nodded, he went on. I think I've made up my mind for good, Chris said. I don't care what Ryan says. I want to be baptized. Dee Dee looked at him, puzzled. 
What helped you make up your mind? Lots of things, he said. I saw how important being a Christian was to you guys, and I do want to go to heaven. But mostly I realized how easy it was to get wrapped up in things like money and being first. I don't want those things to take over my life. Dee Dee smiled and nodded. And you always have to have room in your life for friends, Chris said. Right? Right, Dee Dee said, reaching out and patting Chris's hand. Just then they heard rocks tumbling down the canyon wall. They whirled around to see Ryan about 20 feet up the side of the canyon. Help! His voice wailed strangely. I'm stuck! Come back down, Willie called to him. I I can't, Ryan said. I can't go up or down. Maybe I can climb up and help him, Chris thought. But before he could take a step toward the river, the park ranger truck appeared around the corner. Maria was riding with Ranger Bob. Well, it didn't take you kids long to get into mischief, did it? Ranger Bob said. He walked over to the canyon wall and looked up at Ryan. Got yourself in a fix, didn't you? Ryan looked down shakily and nodded. Well, you just hang on there, son. I'm a bit too old to be climbing around here, but I'll get one of the younger rangers to get you down. Ranger Bob looked at the other kids and winked. He'll be fine, he said quietly. We get people doing crazy things around here all the time. Haven't lost one yet. He looked around. I see that you found the waterfall. Everyone's heads popped. What? Where? Chris asked. Right here, Ranger Bob said, pointing to the rapids. That's what I wanted to tell you kids earlier. These cliffs are made from sandstone. Sandstone crumbles easily and water wears it down. Willie nodded. So I was right after all. This was a waterfall. It's just like Mrs. Shue said. The geography changed. Another ranger truck pulled up and two rangers waded across the stream toward Ryan. Chris stared out at the water. So if this is the waterfall, where is the treasure? Under the crow, the map said. But I don't see any rocks that look like crows. Ranger Bob shrugged. When the waterfall washed away, the crow rock probably fell over. And if the treasure's under the water, that money would have rotted away years ago. It may be gone for good. Chris's shoulders sagged. You're probably right. He dropped down to the sand and stared out at the water. At least we found the spot where the treasure was hidden. He tried to sound cheerful, but he didn't feel that way. Don't feel bad, Dee Dee said from where she was still sitting on top of the rock. I think you found a more important treasure. Chris looked up to smile at her. As he did, something caught his eye. Why would someone draw on this rock, he thought. He bent down for a closer look. What are you looking at, Sammy asked. Chris popped up with a big grin. Someone drew a picture on this rock, and it looks like this. He drew a stick figure on the sand. It's a crow, Sammy said. The map didn't mean a rock that looked like a crow. Tom Elliott must have painted a crow on this rock. Chris's eyes sparkled, and the treasure must be buried right here. Oh, no, Dee Dee moaned. We didn't bring anything to dig with. That's no problem, Ranger Bob said. We've got shovels in the truck. With Ranger Bob's shovel, Chris soon had the sand flying. The others heard it as soon as he felt it. Clunk! That's it, Jenny cried. After a few more shovelfuls of sand, Chris and Sammy reached into the hole and pulled out an old, rusty metal box. Careful, Ranger Bob said. It's so rusty it could fall to pieces. As old and ugly as the box was, everyone crowded around as if they were waiting to open Christmas presents. Chris and Sammy eased it onto the flat rock and stepped back. Well, here it is, Chris said. Open it, Jenny said. Don't you think you should say something special, Ranger Bob teased. Open it, they all shouted. Ranger Bob took the shovel and smacked the rusty lock once. It shattered. He pushed the box open. All of them held their breaths. Stacks of bills wrapped in paper bands took up one side of the box. 
It's the money, Chris almost whispered. Wait a minute, Sammy said. That doesn't look like any money I've ever seen. It's definitely not American money. Yeah, said Chris. It's too big. The colors are different. And who's this guy in the picture on the front? I guess the dollar bills in 1887 looked different than they do now, Ranger Bob said. What's this other stuff, Jenny asked, looking at the bundle on the other side. Letters, Maria said. And look, they're all addressed to people living in Mill Valley. Careful, Chris said. Remember how delicate the map was? We don't want to break our money or those letters. Just then, Ryan dashed across the stream. Wait for me, he called out. Chris turned and stared. Ryan looked angry at first, then embarrassed. Are you okay? Chris finally asked. Ryan nodded and stared at the ground. Guys, Maria said, I figured out who this treasure belongs to. The money was going to a bank in Mill Valley. The letters all have Mill Valley addresses, and this is city property that we found the treasure hidden on. So that means everything belongs to the city, Willie said quietly. At least to the City Historical Society, Maria said. Well, maybe there's a reward for it, Ranger Bob offered hopefully. Tom Elliott hid it up here for four years without spending it. Then he died of the flu without even seeing what was inside the box, Chris said. I think we got a pretty good reward in comparison. Ranger Bob was more right than the others could guess. Mill Valley's mayor and historical society were excited to get the missing treasure and letters. In return, they deposited a savings bond in the bank for each child to be used to help pay for college. Dee Dee, however, got an extra reward. It's a letter from my great-great-grandmother to my great-great-grandfather, she said, showing Chris the yellowed letter. They were engaged to be married. She was writing to tell him that she would be coming from Philadelphia in a few weeks. Imagine, Dee Dee added, the last person who looked at this letter was my father's 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 mother-to-be, and she was only 18. That is probably the coolest thing I have ever seen, Chris said. Imagine if this letter could tell its story, what it would tell us. It would probably say, what took you guys so long? I've been waiting in that dark old hole in the ground for a hundred years, Dee Dee said. Dee Dee and Chris laughed. Well, Pastor Hill said, coming into the room, it's time to get this baptismal class started. Chris and Maria covered their mouths with their hands to stop their snickering. Pastor Hill looked at them and smiled. I guess I should start off by asking you two what made you decide to be baptized. It's a long story, Chris said. Got a couple of hours? you have heard today is a chapter of the shoebox kids book one the mysterious treasure map it was written by jerry d thomas and used with permission from the pacific press publishing association if you're interested in any other books published by the seventh day adventist church please visit adventistbookcenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955 This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. The children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio. 
at lifetalk.net.